This is Trice Talk Mini Pod for a Monday night, October the 25th, 2021, and I'm your host, Host Tunnel Wayne. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Mini Pod, the podcast where conservative viewpoints and patronism are the standard. But I always try to be respectful of other people's opinions as long as they stay out of my pocket in my life. All right. Uh, also, likewise, unless I'm using articles from online sources or reading material that I receive here at headquarters, the comments expressed on this show are my opinion and mine alone. Okay. All right. Well, let me silence the cure here just a little bit. Just, just a wee bit here. They're going to run out here in a minute. Um, I know I talk about this subject quite frequently, the uh, southern border. But since the border issue continues to fester, I'm probably going to continue talking about it for some time to come. I try not to do that every week, and I don't believe I've really talked about it in earnest. Um in a while, and since I'm not doing as many episodes of Minipod as I was doing before, uh, I know I'm not, uh, you're not having to listen to it from me as much as you were uh, prior to that. But before I get into the main article tonight, I, I want to play an excerpt from one of Pasaki. Pes- I always want to say Pasaki, I don't know why. Saki's Golden Press Briefing Moments. Since it kind of relates to my topic tonight, I was going to use it um, in one of the others. Actually, I I was going to actually do a Twitter uh, program one night and just play a bunch of tweets that that kind of entertained me and but yet had messages with them. And um, and now I'm having trouble (laughs) getting into wouldn't you know? Okay, why is that? This is mine, and I have no idea why this is going in that direction. Let me delete that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, what of all nights. I've done this thing a hundred times, and I haven't had the problems that I'm having tonight. Okay. Sake. And not not the the, uh, rice wine that you can get at many... A, a restaurant. Uh, let me see. I tell you what, have y'all seen? <laughs> there's, uh, I can't, I don't know if this is actually the person that's doing these tweets, but this lady, uh, she's doing them on TikTok, but she's, um, <laughs> she's making faces. She's got the White House background and she's supposed to be Nancy Pelosi because they're playing excerpts from Nancy Pelosi's, um, uh, I guess press conferences or press briefings or whatever the hell that is that she does where she runs her mouth. But this lady (laughs) does a real good job. I mean, she's exaggerated. She's exaggerating, uh, Pelosi's movements for sure. And she has this thing where she crosses her eyes. I've never seen Pelosi cross her eyes. But um, anyway, it's, it's, I think it's entertaining. Um, she, they're on TikTok, but they get posted by various people onto Twitter. So you may want to look for that sometime. I don't think it's any one particular person. I think anybody picks it up, they can, um, <laughs> they can nail it, uh, uh, watch it. It's, 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 I think it's entertaining. Okay. What I was talking about, Saki. Let's play just this little ditty from her. 
because again, it kind of relates to some of the, the, the subject of the night kind of sort of in a weird way early in the morning here we are talking about early flights earlier than you might like to take a flight um it is our legal responsibility to safely care for unaccompanied children until they swiftly can be swiftly unified with a parent or a vetted sponsor and that's something we take seriously we have a moral a right obligation to uh to do that and deliver on that as a part of the unification process our office of refugee resettlement facilitates travel for children in its custody to their families or sponsors across the country so in recent weeks uh, unaccompanied children pass through the Westchester Airport, which I think is what you're referring to, en route to their final destination to be unified with their parents or vetted sponsor. It's no surprise uh, that kids can be seen traveling through states, uh, not just New York. It's something that we're also working to unite children with their family members or vetted sponsors in other parts of the country as well. Why is the... Okay. Uh, some of you or maybe all of you have, have actually seen that particular clip or you may have seen it when when it uh happened if you watch fox news a lot i've i've got some questions out of that that one minute uh comment period that that she had there i mean here's what it brings to my mind Number one, is it our legal responsibility to take care of unaccompanied children? Now, she says it's our legal responsibility. I'm not talking about moral responsibility here. I'm talking about legal responsibility. I mean, because, you know, you need to paint it whatever color it really is. If you want to use moral responsibility as, as an excuse for doing the things that you do, that's one thing, although it doesn't always hold up legally. But she said we have a legal responsibility. Now, I don't know that we don't. Um, there were some things that we'll talk about here shortly. It's in another article that I'm using. But uh, anyway, that, that first thing comes to mind. And I'm not saying that we should, that we're supposed to leave them in the desert or, or wherever it is they cross the border. But the people who are trying to weaken our country are fully aware of the fact uh, how we stand with these children that come across. But here's the the thing, too, while I'm talking about children. I mean, I see a lot of grown-ass kids on these flights. I mean, you know, they look to be every bit of 17, 18, 19 years old. So I'm not quite sure what they consider children uh, in the Biden administration. But, um you know, this, this seems like an open-ended problem to me. All right, so that was the first thing that came to my mind. Second thing is, Saki mentions that by flying these unaccompanied children, they evidently use the term children very loosely, like I was just saying, around the country in the middle of the night, they're attempting to unite them with vetted sponsors and family members. Okay, how do you have vetted people already that are expecting the individual illegal migrants, if you will, that are, that you are jetting around the country. I mean, you, you've got a, 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 uh, organization of these people that you, that you already have vetted and they're just waiting for people to cross the border illegally. I'm, 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 I'm having a little bit of time grasping that statement and understanding how it, how she means that. Um, so I, I guess we're pre-approving American citizens to take any illegal, unaccompanied minors that cross the border. And that, to me, is kind of amazing because that was a pretty quick process there. Um, <laughs> so that, that doesn't make sense to me. I mean, we don't know who these people are. We don't, in many cases, know where these children are going. Uh, there's a lot of secrecy around that. You'd, you'd think if a, a, a system is on the up and up that people wouldn't have to do the cloak and dagger stuff in the middle of the night. All right, and as far as these unaccompanied children going to family members already here, uh, are they going to their parents? Their parents left them in some foreign country? Uh, and now the children are trying to get here on their own. 
are are these parents they're talking about? Are they legal parents? Um, and if they're not their parents, are these people that are family members like aunts and uncles and and cousins and whatever? I mean, when they say they're family members, that's a that's a big open door. And I, I think it it really matters, you know, who they're going to, what family member are they going to? I mean, are, are these people coming over, these children coming across the, the parents, maybe still back in the mother country, if you will, are sending their kids by themselves to the United States, knowing that they're going to be accepted and they'll be sent to a cousin or a brother or a sister or somebody that's already living here. Um, that's my question about all this. I mean, people are down, you know, another country saying, Hey, let's send the kids to stay with my brother who is already in the country illegally. And then later on, we can come up as an excuse, use them as an excuse to get into the country. I mean, there's just a lot of shady crap with that. Um, and if the biological parents both aren't already here legally, why are we adding more illegal numbers on top of what is currently a historical number? of illegals coming to the country anyway. You know, if the children come in without their parents, that at some point in the future, that Democrats will say that, that it is inhumane to not let the biological parents come in and be with their kids, right? I mean, it's like a doorstop, you know, and that's what they have, that's how they've been running the, the immigration system as far as handling the illegals for a number of years. Let somebody get in here, let them stay one way or another, whatever means. And then they start trying to justify, well, it's on, it's unfair that, you know, mom and pop and grandmother and grandfather and, 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 and everyone else remotely related to these people get to come up here and stay as well. You know, you can't separate families. You know, folks, beyond all of this, I can't help believe that if what the government was doing was legal and should be well received by the Democrats, there should be things that they could be bragging about, right? How often do you hear them bragging about anything regarding this illegal migrant situation? on TV or in the news. All right. Anyway, that's Jen Psaki. Those are the things I think about when I listen to this woman talk. I have to say though, she, she's pretty good at keeping her composure with all the stuff that she gets asked. Of course, most of the questions is by Democrats or the mainstream media is, 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 um, is easy stuff anyway, but still she does get a few, especially now that things are continuing to get worse with the economy and everything else. Uh, she does a fairly decent job. If she was working for somebody that I liked, uh, some administration that I liked, you know, I might have a different feeling about her. Maybe she'll catch on one day that she's, uh, not working for some real ethical people. Of course there's, uh, uh, <laughs> unethical Republicans in Washington, D.C. as well. I had to throw that in there because I know uh, there's a lot of people thinking, okay, you know, it's not like the Republicans are a bunch of do-gooders. There's trash on both sides, people. Um, all right. Let me give you some updated stats on the illegal situation again before I get completely immersed in this article that I'm using. But according to an article I found in Epic Times by Charlotte Cuthberson, which I have used before on other episodes, uh, but she wrote this article on October the 22nd. It was updated today, October the 25th. And it goes on to say the Border Patrol apprehended a total of 1,666,167 illegal immigrants along the southwest border 
in fiscal 2021, breaking all records since the agency was formed in 1925, when at that time they only had 22,199 illegal aliens that were arrested that year. Gee, we'd take that number now, wouldn't we? And additional, and an additional 294,352 were stopped after trying to enter at the port of entry without legal papers, bringing the total to almost 2 million for the physical 2021. And this is according to new Customs and Border Protection Statistics. Also, I have to mention, in September, the Biden administration released at least 12,400 of the 15,000 Haitians, illegal uh, illegal Haitians, uh, you know, the ones under the bridge in Texas. Um, they released them into the interior of the country with the expectation that they would check in with immigration and customs enforcement or turn up at their immigration court hearing. How wonderful that we have all the faith in the world of these 12,400 people that they're going to show up to a, a hearing or a proceeding where there's no guarantee that they're going to be allowed to stay in the country. These suckers are going to be scattered. So good luck with them showing up. But the Democrats know that. Joe Biden knows that. They know how low the number is of people that actually show up for these court dates. It seems ridiculous that we even do it because if we do it and we allow them not to show up and we don't hunt them down, then we're making a mockery of the system of giving them a court date. And if it, that is, if those numbers aren't bad enough by themselves, the number of gotaways Illegal aliens who were detected by Border Patrol but evaded capture is estimated to be around 400,000 more individuals. Now, they don't keep accurate numbers on these because obviously they're not always quite sure. But, um, I mean, they, they just don't have an accurate count. But that's the number that they feel like has made it through. I, like many of you, knew that immigration issues would be ramped up if Joe Biden won the presidency last year. Uh, that was one of my that was one of my big issues back in 2016, and one of the reasons I ended up supporting Donald Trump. Um, just one of the reasons. Over some others, my early favorites were Ted Cruz and. Um, Oh, gosh, uh, the senator from um, uh, Florida. And I'm drawing a blank at the moment, so it's, I'm having a senior moment, y'all. Anyway, Donald Trump was certainly not at the top of my list back when uh, the campaign started back in uh, 2016. But um, as I looked at these other candidates... And they just didn't seem to be strong enough on immigration issues. They were too wishy-washy. Donald Trump was the only one that had the, the guts to stand up and say how he really felt about it and what he uh, intended to do about it. These other guys, even Ted Cruz, seemed like he was going to be same old, same old. Another George Bush repeat that nothing really ever gets done with immigration. So I, I kind of knew what was going to happen if Trump got defeated and George, uh, George <laughs> Joe Biden won the election. Um, so back to the article. In January, Biden passed deportation. Let's say, what is, what is this? Uh, wait a minute. In January, Biden paused. I don't know what he passed. He probably should pass something. Biden paused deportations, stopped the border wall construction, halted the Remain in Mexico program, repurposed immigration and customs enforcement priorities, and reversed the ban on travel from terror-prone countries. Boy, that seems smart, doesn't it? 
especially even still, we were uh, struggling with the pandemic uh, when he took office in January, I believe, don't you think? But there are so many negative issues that are connected to the Democrats shattering of immigration policies and their irresponsible attitude to the hundreds of thousands of illegals, illegals being in this country already, folks. I mean, we're, we're, you know, there's still thousands of illegals in the country now, but we're adding to that number. And there doesn't, and I keep thinking as each month goes by, each month goes by, if I can say that properly, that something is going to click in Joe Biden's head and he's going to say, okay, maybe we ought to just kind of close the gate for a while. But then each month, each month passes and nothing happens. It stays the same. So anyway, I, I want to shift now to an article that I read in my most recent edition of Imprimis, 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 one of those two, uh, which is a publication of Hillsdale College, and some of you may uh, be familiar with that publication. It's it's not, it's it's a small, it's not a, a magazine size or anything, but uh, typically it has you know ten, twelve pages uh only it's it's on one subject but i get those once a month normally sometimes i'll get two in a month but um lately i've only been getting one but um this is in the august edition actually and and i i don't think i got it until late last month um and i've been you know trying to use it for some of the stuff that i've been doing but I just, like I said, I, I, I kind of steered away from immigration a little bit um, to give y'all a break. But I, I just, after reading this article, I felt I, I've got to get back and we've got to talk about this. This uh, particular article in this edition of Imprimis uh, is uh, adapted from a speech delivered on July the 22nd by this individual I'm going to name here in a second. Uh, at a Hillsdale College uh, as part of the AWC Family Foundation Lecture Series. The person giving the speech was Mark Morgan, former acting commissioner, U.S. Customs and Border Protection. I think he did some other things, too, here. I want to see. Uh, Gee, I can't. He's a Marine veteran and a former officer in the LAPD, he served for over 20 years in the FBI, including as the assistant section chief of the National Center for the Analysis of Violent Crime branch. Um, he was deputy on scene commander in Baghdad, Iraq, special agent in charge of the El Paso division, and assistant director in charge of the FBI Academy in Guantanamo, Virginia. He has a BS in engineering from Central Missouri State and an ID from the University of Missouri, Kansas City. And there's some other stuff on there. Anyway, so he's got some credentials anyway. So he, he gave that speech, and then this particular article is adapted from that speech that he gave um, back in July. The article is titled, The Disaster at Our Southern Border. While I'm not going to read the entire article to you, I, I want to share areas that you might not quite be aware of. Um, and because there is so much information packed into this article, which I will also have some sidebars to add, as you know, if you've listened to any of the mini pods, I'm going to break this article down in two, possibly three parts. Um, so it's going to take three, two, at least two segments, two uh, episodes to, to finish this. But I think there's some very important stuff here. And some of it, you know, you hear in the news, but then some of it was kind of a surprise to me 
and maybe it will be for you as well. Um, there's probably some things contained in this article that you had either forgotten about or have never even been aware of in the first place. To begin with, he starts out, our national discussion of border security is generally misleading and it is designed to be misleading by those who favor open borders. They frame the issue as if the American people face a binary choice, either let all immigrants in because they're looking for a better life or close our borders completely and inhumanely. But this is a false choice. The unspoken alternative to is to enforce the law taking in immigrants who enter the U.S. legally while securing our borders against those who attempt to enter illegally, particularly those meaning to do us harm. And we know they are documenting these people coming into our country or they've then catching them, uh, hopefully most of them, except maybe the ones that they don't catch. And they're, they're doing something with them, returning them or putting them in jail. But illegal immigration is, of course, nothing new. It has been a problem in our country for many decades. What is relatively new is the total lack of concern we see in the Biden administration, especially in terms of the national security aspect of border control. Unbelievable as it may seem to us today, it was only 15 years ago with the 9-11 terrorist attack still fresh in our minds when Congress came together in a bipartisan effort to pass the Secure Fence Act of 2006. I do not remember that act. Uh, I may, may have heard about it at the time, but I honestly do not remember that being an act that got passed. Of course, uh, George Bush was still president at the time, but anyway. The Secure Fence Act directed the Department of Homeland Security to take appropriate actions to achieve operational control over U.S. land and maritime borders to prevent unlawful entry, to prevent unlawful entry. So we have an act that was passed by Congress in 2006 that was designed to prevent unlawful entry, and it was a bipartisan effort, according to this article. And I'm going to share some of that with you in a moment. But so there's a law to prevent unlawful entry, which is not a surprise, but it's being ignored. And maybe that shouldn't be a surprise either. Anyway, it defined operational control as the prevention of all unlawful entries into the U.S., including terrorist instruments of terrorism, narcotics, and other contraband. And it specifically set the goal of providing at least two layers of reinforcement, reinforced fencing, installation of additional physical barriers, roads, lighting, cameras, and sensors. Okay, this is 14 years ago, folks. It added thousands of Border Patrol personnel, mandated the acquisition of new technologies, and resulted in the construction of more than 650 miles of physical barrier along the southern border of the U.S. between 2006 and 2011. This legislation was passed in a bipartisan spirit, with 80 members of the U.S. Senate voting to approve it. doesn't say how many in the House approved it. This included Senator Barack Obama, who said in 2005, we simply cannot allow people to pour into the United States undetected, undocumented, unchecked, and circumventing the line of people who are waiting patiently, diligently, and lawfully to become immigrants in this country. I wasn't really trying to imitate Obama. I was just trying to make it just a little bit more, you know, <laughs> Just change the tone a little bit. It also includes Senator Chuck Schumer, who said in 2009, illegal immigration is wrong, plain and simple. People who enter the United States without permission are illegal aliens, and illegal aliens should not be treated the same as people who enter the U.S. legally. This is Chuck Schumer. Can you believe that came out of his lying lips? 
And this was 2009. Barack Obama was already president. I'll say it again. Illegal immigration is wrong, said Chuck Schumer, plain and simple. People who enter the United States without permission are illegal aliens, and illegal aliens should not be treated the same as people who enter the U.S. legally. Boy, what happened to him? And it also included, guess what? Senator Joe Biden, who in 2006 said, let me tell you something, folks. People are driving across the border with ton, tons, hear me, tons of everything from byproducts, from methamphetamine to cocaine to heroin, and it's all coming up through corrupt Mexico. Gee, call Mexico corrupt. But Joe Biden voted for this bill. In 2006, Chuck Schumer voted for this bill in, in 2006, even though that comment came from 2009. And Barack Obama voted for this bill. I'll bet you won't hear any of those guys being quoted by their colleagues on the left in this day and time. Of course, they probably would shrug it off by saying, well, things have changed. Their position is different now. We've seen the light. We're woke. We're more enlightened than we were 15, 16 years ago. When I read this article, I checked on the line to see, online, not on the line, checked online to see what I could find out about this Secure Defense Act of 2006. Of course, there were numerous sources, but I chose the one that I found at www.congress.gov slash bill slash 109th dash Congress slash house dash bill slash 6061. I know you're probably not going to look this up. Uh, I'll try to post that when I post the show. So it'll be in there in case you want to click on that link and look at that bill. It is a true bill, everybody, okay? Uh, all right, so I'm going to read you just a little bit from that bill because I think it's important to hear the wording that uh, got bipartisan support back in 2006. It heads Public Law Number 109, which is the, the Congress, the 109th Congress, Dash 367, this was 10-26-2006. This measure has not been amended since it was passed by the House on September the 14th, 2006. Secure Fence Act of 2006 directs the Secretary of Homeland Security within 18 months of the enactment of this act to take appropriate actions to achieve operational control over U.S. international land and maritime borders, including, number one, systematic border surveillance through more effective use of personnel and technology, such as unmanned aerial vehicles, I guess we would call them drones, ground-based sensors, satellites, radar coverage, and cameras. And number two, physical infrastructure enhancements to prevent unlawful border entry and facilitate border access by U.S. Customs and Border Protection, such as additional checkpoints, all-weather access roads, and vehicle barriers. This act defines operational control as the prevention of all unlawful U.S. entries, including entries by terrorists, other unlawful aliens, instruments of terrorism, narcotics, and other contraband. Directs the Secretary to report annually to Congress on border control progress. Amends the Illegal Immigration Reform and Immigrant Responsibility Act of 1996, which I've talked about several times, which was uh, when Congress lied to 
President Reagan and told him if he had signed that, give amnesty to the illegals that were here at that time, that they would fix immigration. But they never did. Democrats or Republicans. So I'm pissed at Republicans about that one, too. Uh, so what did I say? Amends the Illegal Immigration Reform and Immigrant Responsibility Act of 1996 to direct the secretary to provide at least two layers of reinforced fencing, installation of additional physical barriers, roads, lighting, cameras, and sensors. And when he gets into some specifics as to where this is to be focused, towns, in other words, that are scattered along the border, uh, I'm going to leave that. And if you want to go back to the article, you can tell. I mean, it gives specifics on how far out from these, and it names the towns uh, where the the border control has to extend, uh, you know, left and right from those towns uh, so many miles. It also spells out that the secretary is directed to, number one, study and report to the House Committee on Homeland Security and the Senate Committee on Homeland Security and the Government Affairs on the necessity, feasibility, and economic impact of constructing a state-of-the-art infrastructure security system along the U.S. Northern International Land and Maritime Border. So, you know, I've often said, you know, what about the border with Canada? I mean, my God, what's to keep people from coming across there? But supposedly, I guess, according to government sources, the Canadian border's never really been much of a problem. I find that hard to believe, but, you know, I mean, why wouldn't uh, supposed terrorists come across the Canadian border when it's not as protected as the southern border, although I would argue that it's not protected anymore. All right, so uh, the secretary is to evaluate and report to such committees on U.S. Customs and Border Protection Authority and possible expansion of authority to stop fleeing vehicles that enter the United States illegally, including related training, technology, and equipment reviews. I hate to admit it, but I really don't remember them passing this bill. Like I said, it, I just, I don't know. I don't know where I, I know where I was at that time, but uh, maybe because George Bush and everything going on in Iraq, that kind of seemed to overwhelm the news so much of the time especially towards the end of George Bush's uh, tenure in office. Um, so anyway, more have Morgan's comments. Some at, uh, attribute the breakdown of the bipartisan consensus on securing the border to the fact that Democrats came to look on illegal immigrants as much needed Democrat voters. For whatever reason, a decade later, these same Democrat leaders were lambasting President Trump's border wall policy as immoral and ineffective, even racist, and fiercely opposing any and every serious proposal aimed at enforcing immigration law. Why, why do we let these fools in Congress in Washington, D.C. not, why do we allow them to allow people they pass these laws, and then Democrats allow, and, and some Republicans allow uh, administrations not to enforce these laws. So what's the point of having the law? Except it seems like Democrats get to pick and choose which laws they want to enforce, as we've seen in many Democrat-controlled cities across the country as far as crime is concerned. But... I'm not talking about crime tonight, specifically. Although it is a crime that they're not enforcing this law that they passed. Congress passed. Besides methodically undoing every meaningful border security policy that it, that it inherited from the Trump administration, 
Biden did several specific things that have brought us to the brink where we now find ourselves with immigration out of control. One of the things that he did was to, to dictate to the Department of Homeland Security that not one cent would go towards the construction of border walls in his administration. The Biden administration acted quickly to halt the Remain in Mexico program as well and return to the catch and release mindset. In response to a lawsuit brought by the Texas Attorney General, a federal judge has recently ruled that the Remain in Mexico policy must be reinstated and the U.S. Supreme Court has refused to overturn that ruling. And of course, that's why they're bitching about the Supreme Court that Donald Trump put a bunch of conservatives on there, right? So we don't know how that's ultimately going to play out. Um, that the court has said that the Biden administration has to reinstate um, the remain in Mexico policy. Anyway, less than three weeks after President Biden took office, Secretary of State Blinken I always think winking, blinking, and nod when I see that name, announced that in line with the president's vision, the U.S. had suspended and was in the process of terminating the asylum cooperative agreements with Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. You know, the ones that Donald Trump secured. In the same announcement, Blinken said that the new U.S. approach to the problem of migration from these countries, they call it migration, okay? You know, animals migrate. Well, people do migrate too, I guess. But, you know, these are illegal migrants, if you want to tack on migration uh, migrants to their uh, title. Anyway, Blinken said the U.S. approach would be that we're going to address the root causes of the problems in these countries. So... You can usually equate that to how much payola is going to be, how much bribery money is going to be going to these countries that will ultimately be used by uh, corrupt political figures in those countries and will never really trickle down to the people who are the problem or who have the problem, which drives them to come here. The basic legal premise of asylum is that the migrant must have a valid claim to be the victim either of persecution in, in his or her home due to race, religion, nationality, political affiliations, or membership in a protected class. Under current law, a desire to improve one's economic status is not a valid asylum claim. If it were, the overwhelming majority of the people in the world would have a valid claim to seek asylum here in the United States. And that's the same song and dance you hear from the Biden people from, you know, crazy ass liberals all the time. Well, these people are just trying to seek out a better life. Then do it legally or change the immigration laws, which since they never have really, other than, uh, a, a few little tweaks here and there. It makes me think that they think it, it's too difficult to change the law. So we're just going to ignore the ones that we don't want to enforce. Open borders advocates, including those in the Biden administration who harp on root causes, cultivate the myth that a desire for economic betterment is a valid reason by itself to seek asylum. That would require a radical change in U.S. law that I don't think the American people would accept. Despite being warned by informed people on the ground, the Biden administration rushed to dismantle the entire system that had been working so well for Donald Trump. And with the results becoming evident to the public, in other words, the results of their mishandling the border, They've resorted to deception. 
I've served in federal law enforcement in various capacities for more than 35 years under six different administrations, and while I've become numb to the spin and misdirection that is commonplace in Washington, I have never seen as blatant a disinformation campaign as this one. I mean, they did the same thing when Donald Trump was in office. They did their best to make... uh, you know, these claims about treatment of children on the border, the, you know, the ones in cages and things, the, the same setup that uh, Barack Obama had when he was president. And sometimes it's not so much that they lie about something as they distort it to the point that people don't get the proper picture. All right, that's all of that article I'm going to use for tonight um, that I'm going to share with this episode because, like I said, it's fairly long and there's uh, several more good sections to it that I want to share with you. But I, I have to say that after reading this article and finding out about the Secure the Fence Act of 2006, which completely went by me, which Joe Biden and Barack Obama and Chuck Schumer and, and many other Democrats supported, obviously, since it passed, I have no doubt that what the Democrats are doing with Joe Biden at the supposed helm is disregarding expert advice, ignoring immigration laws in an effort to pack as many people in this country as they can. Hopefully, at least in their mind, that they're increasing their base numbers. At least as much as they can. So eventually, of course, you know, if they pass that that $3.5 trillion uh, debacle that they have up there on Capitol Hill, you know, there's that... Uh, uh, fast track to American citizenship, I guess is what I should say, in that bill. So, you know, uh, maybe all of this kind of, maybe they maybe they open the border thinking, let's cram as many people in this country as we can, and then we'll pass this law, and then we can turn around and give citizenship to all these people, and the next thing you know, they can vote. They can't speak freaking English, but they get to vote in American elections. But that hasn't worked out for them yet. Democrats tried to impeach Trump over phone calls and rumors and lies or exaggerations, if you will, in some cases. But you don't hear very many people, even Republicans, though there are some now that are calling for Joe Biden to be impeached for violating U.S. immigration laws, telling Border Patrol, Homeland Security, ignore these. We're not going to enforce these. We choose not to enforce these. Screw it. But as clear-headed thinking, Adults supervised by anything Biden and his handlers are doing. Is that clear-headed thinking? I mean, they're going to create a problem, or they have created a problem. And they may not get to do the very thing that they created that problem for. Which is turn these people into voters. All right, that's it. That's all I will uh, stimulate you with tonight. I appreciate you taking time. Trying to get some, move some stuff here. I appreciate you taking time to listen to or download this episode of Trice Talk Mini Pond tonight. And please, if you like what you heard, please be sure and hit that follow button on whatever media source you are listening to the show on. And if you have a comment or were offended by any of the information I shared with you tonight or any of my comments, please 
please feel free to email me at tricetalk69pts at gmail.com. Administration's lying thousands of miles. And unlike <laughs> unlike Peter Ducey, he's not supposed to be talking right now. All right, Peter, you've already had your time. Um, where was I? Tristock69pts at gmail.com. Just send me an email and comment on that. And hey, I've still got a book of um, Mark Levin's American Marxism I can give away here. If you'll send me a very insightful email explaining why or why not you like or do not like tonight's topic or just kind of tell me how you feel about this immigration issue right now. Um, and, and that's even if you're a liberal, uh, you probably didn't listen to this podcast if you're a liberal, but, uh, if you did, come on, I can take it. Tell me what you think. Um, let's see. And, And I don't have to like what you said for you to be a winner. I mean, if, if, if you're, if you pose a decent argument or a counter argument to all that I've shared with you tonight, Hey, you still might be the one to win the book, but just make it constructive and not vulgar. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll do part two, probably on Wednesday night, um, which used to be our wacky Wednesday. And I'm trying to get a guest host so I can do Wednesday night live, but we'll see how that works out. Uh, I do have some announcements coming up by the end of the week um, as we get into Halloween and we turn into November. So uh, a little bit more about that coming up in the next episode or two. All right. So that'll do it for tonight. Well, (laughs) tell me how you really feel. Um. Until next time, I, sorry about that. I'm something popped up here on Twitter. Until next time, <laughs> I'm Donald Wayne, and stay safe out there, everybody. And for gosh sakes, pay attention.